Hello and welcome to Ball and the Real World. This is your one-stop shop for everything Australian basketball. My name is Olga Nulich. Thank you so much for joining me in what is one of a pair of opening episodes to start this podcast. Uh, we thought it'd be a fun way to open the show by having two episodes on our opening day. So if you haven't already, head over and check out our NBL season preview. You won't regret it. But on this show, you'll hear my full and exclusive chat with Paddy Mills. Uh, Mills has been a staple for the San Antonio Spurs for a decade. He is the literal and spiritual leader of the Australian men's national team. And in our conversation, we speak about everything. We go over his time in the NBA and his desire to bring, you know, what we call Boomers Paddy to that league and to the Spurs. We go over the Australian Boomers, the Tokyo Olympics that are coming up, as well as my favorite part of our chat, which was a deep conversation into what it means to be an Australian, to be an Indigenous Australian, and to represent one's country. He tells an incredible Kathy Freeman story, which tune in and listen to that because it sort of gave me goosebumps, and I think it'll do the same for you guys too. We touched on a whole lot, and it really was one of the more engaging chats I think I've ever had with an athlete. So I hope you all feel the same way after you listen to it. So sit back, relax, and please enjoy my full chat with Patty Mills. Patty Mills, thank you so much for joining me, taking the opportunity. Um, I want to start off by asking you about the quick turnaround. Um, us as journalists felt as though last season went into this season and there wasn't a break. As a player, did you feel something similar? Yeah, um, I, I think so. Um you know, it's just all new kind of, um, you know, areas for, for everyone, I guess. Um, you know, but going in, into the, you know, having the hiatus first um, and the uncertainty across the NBA season and then coming um, with the restart in Orlando with the NBA bubble, um, you know, and, and I guess our approach and our team's approach um, and, and my involvement actually in, in the bubble, um, it, it did, did seem like a quick turnaround. But then again, um, I guess it was what certain individuals were able to do with that, that time. Um, so although it might seem like a quick turnaround, I think I was able to get um, a lot of stuff done, um, both on and off the court during that time. Um, to be able to put my, myself in a in a best position here, but understanding the um, you know the, the circumstances and the NBA, um, although it might be a, a quick turnaround for you know for some teams going all the way to the playoffs and, and finals as well, um, this is by far the the best um, situation for for all of us, not only as players but fans, owners, you know NBA, everyone in general for. For everyone to be, um, you know, on on that same page, yes, I think it's good for everyone. You, from an encore perspective, have started to warn people about Boomers Patty, Fever Patty, that version of you coming to the NBA. What, what, why now? What's what kind of changed in your mentality that made you think that now's the time that you want to go all out as far as being that guy? Yeah, look, um, I'm not, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there are two different players here um, who I am 
with the boomers and, and who I am with the Spurs. And I'm definitely well aware of that. Um, I've been told it for years. Um, but, but this is 10 long seasons with the Spurs um, where I've gained so much knowledge and experience about the game and, and how to approach it. Um, but, but this mentality shift didn't happen overnight necessarily, right? This is, um, you know, and, and, and I guess, sure, there was time, there, there was, you know, some self-reflection time during um, the, the COVID hiatus and, um, you know, especially when there was so much uncertainty surrounding the NBA season and, and Tokyo Olympics. Um, but for me, um, this is an attitude born out of self-awareness of all the genuine hard work that I've put in to prepare for, for this moment and the upcoming eight months. Um, and, and why now? Um, because not making the playoffs for the first time in my career pissed me off. And there's also a gold medal to be won. Um, it's as simple as that. Is, is there a sense that, you know, you're now in your early 30s, time will start to run out like it does with everybody. There's only so much time that you have to be this player. You know, you have to make the most out of who you, who you know you can be as soon as possible. Is, is that a part of it too? Yeah, sure. I think I think it's um, again seizing the seizing the moments and the opportunities that that arise. Um, and I also think the way that I look at it is is again how much how much knowledge and, and experience that I have um, I've gained and, and learned over time and, and put in the in the vault to be able to um, let it unleash in in times like these. So. I'm a much better player and, and person and, and understand the game much better than I did before. Um, I've always been a person to be able to, to say things that I don't mean. And, and if I say it, um, I'm not apologetic about it. Um, and, I, and I mean it when I say it. Um, and, and this is yeah, one, of those, one of those examples, I guess. So you say you were pissed off about not making the playoffs for the first time in, in your in your career. I think of me covering you in China at the World Cup and the framing of our question was always, you know, you play at this level um, in FIBA basketball. Why don't you do this in the NBA? Um, whereas the question could have been framed as why don't you get the opportunity to show this person in the NBA? Did did that sort of framing get to you? Does does that did that make you you, you feel as though this needed to happen? Um, I, I wouldn't say it it got to me um, or things like that. I wouldn't say things like that um, would get to me or annoy me. Um, I guess that's the question for you, mate. If you <laughs> if you let it get to you and on your framing of me in a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, it's it, it no, it is a it is a good question, um, and I don't disagree with you. Um, but again, you know, I'm I'm well aware of the dif different players, um, how I play for the Boomers. That's my identity. That's who I am. That's when I'm at my best. Um, 
But the fact is, coming here um, to San Antonio, I accepted a role within a tight family in an environment that was iconic to a winning franchise and was actually able to make a massive impact in in doing so. Um, We all make sacrifices along the way to achieve something and me passing up opportunities on my dream of of being a starting point guard was, was one of them. Do I regret that? No. But my decisions has always been based on the bigger, more broader picture of my development as a player um, that also stretched way, way beyond basketball as well. You speak about the Spurs and the, the culture they had and being that guy. I think of guys like Manu Ginobili and, and Boris Diaw and all of these guys who, if you put Ginobili on another team, he's the best player on that team potentially, right? Uh, I know you were close with those guys. Did you speak to them about this and, you know, wanting to not not necessarily break the mold of what it is to be a really good player on a, on the Spurs, but to make sure that you don't waste the opportunity that you have as far as, you know, the p- potential that you have as a player? Yeah, and I, I hear you. And I think, again, it's back to the sacrifice. But I think what probably helped me the most was having... Um, a teammate so close to me um, and, and essentially someone to look up to in Manu Ginobili um, and see how he approached his role, you know, and, and accepting that role. And, and that was something that I followed as well and, and being close with him um, and helped me along the way. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I always had this, this itch, you know, that, still wanting wanting to be who I am or not forgetting who I am and, and who I am as a player. Um, and that's come out a, a few times, um, but I think not at its full strength that I've obviously known the capabilities of myself and, and, and what I can do. Um, but like I said, the, the decisions have always been based on things that go beyond, um, you know, me as just a player, um, but beyond basketball as, as well. Um, so I'll never, I'll never regret it because, I, as I say right now, sitting here in front of you, I'm, I'm a much better player and person, uh, probably more um, importantly than, um, than I think I ever would be if I, if I didn't get 10 seasons here <laughs> at the Spurs. What, what have your conversations been like with the front office, the coaching staff about you wanting to take that leap? Have, have they been receptive to it? You know, how, how have those played out? Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Obviously staying, you know, in, in, in close contact and, and having conversations um, over the break and, and whatnot. Um, and obviously being, being close with pop as well. Um, but look, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's not like he's going to hand over the keys to me and say, <laughs> go ahead, mate, you know. Um, and, and I think for for whatever fans, other people out there, don't necessarily realise too how, how far away I am from Pop's ideal player, um, you know, in, in, in many aspects probably, but physically for sure, you know, I'm... Small, have short arms, can't jump high, 
and shoot a bunch of threes. Um, you know, and, and I think about the players that he's had in the past and um, their size and athleticism and even the style of, of play. Um, David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Bruce Bowen, right? You can see the length and the size and the athleticism. Um, I'm probably the exact opposite of his <laughs> ideal play. Um, me and Avery Johnson are probably the smallest players he's, he's ever had, and I shoot way more threes than, than Avery had. Um, but I think that I think the point is is you know I've had to I've had to fight and scratch and claw to to earn my keep here in San Antonio, um, and and it's no question that that aspect itself has played a, a big part in um, the development, I guess, of, of um, my character as a player. But, um, you know, my, my approach is always going to be about what I can control. Um, and I guess the difference now is I just have a greater understanding and focus on those specific times where I can really lock in um, and absolutely seize the moment when those opportunities do come up. Um, you know, as for, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, chip on your shoulder or um, vengeance or any type of um, motivation, wherever you get it from, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter where, who or what, you know, you get your vengeance from. As long as you carry that chip on your shoulder and you bring some nasty and you show some heart, you know, um, Pop will always be receptive to that um, as well as the organisation. And obviously, you know, the, the city of San Antonio um, is very receptive to that type of um, behaviour, I guess. Uh, I have a few questions on the Boomers, but before I get to that, one last question on you and the Spurs and your relationship with Pop. You mentioned that you're not his ideal player as far as the guys who've excelled underneath him. But every time you speak to Pop, um, there is this reverence that he has for you, not just as a player, but as a human being. How how much, um, you know, how does that feel for you to, to know that someone like him who's been around for so long and he's so revered himself has that sort of opinion on you, not just as a player, but a, as a person and as a, as a, as a man in you know, his life? Yeah, um, I think you got a. I mean, we you've we've been through a lot <laughs> over the course of, you know, going on on ten seasons now, and um, you know, you witness the relationships that he has with um, Tim, Tony, and Manu, and and the past players of David Robinson, and and so on, you know, and um, you know, you sit at jersey retirement night and you hear um the story well you, you know i hear the stories um that have been repeated obviously been around for so long that there's stories that i've heard before um but but pop's always been that father figure to those to those guys um and in a funny way you know there's a little bit of father figure in Tim, Tony, and Manu. <laughs> so to see what Pop is as it refers to me, you know, that there's definitely that um, um, that figure that you know I've always looked up to. That's that again that stretches beyond basketball and plays back into that same question, you know. Um, 
but you know we, we've been through through a lot together both on and off off the court but um you know his, his support that he shows for all his players that that he cares about you know that come through the the program and and move on you know he, he has that same care for for everyone it's just who he is and the, and the the you know nature of um but um yeah i i've i i owe him a lot i, I really do um but the, the main thing that i owe him for is just the amount of support that that he's had for for me and and, and my wife um especially um ever since being here in san antonio um and and even back in australia too the amount of support that he's um he's provided for me being back there as well um yeah speaking of head coaches the boomers I guess pretty recently announced Brian Gorgian as its new head coach. Um, when that vacancy was open, how much input did you have and some of those other key senior guys on the Boomers? How much input did you have in that process? And and just generally, what are your thoughts on on Gorgian coming back to the Boomers and, and being the guy that's going to take you through to Tokyo? Yeah, no, it's a good question, mate. Um, and as the leader of the team, I would have been pretty disappointed um, if my <laughs> If my voice wasn't heard in in, in this um, aspect, but um, I got to thank the players' association for for that one. But yeah, I was able to give my two cents, um, which I was I was pleased about, um, and and of course very very happy with the outcome, um, um, and and very happy that um, the other boys too got got a. Um, you know, got their two cents in, um, you know, we, we're obviously a tight group and, and have been for some time now. So um, it, it was good that, that our voices were, were heard, I guess. Um, you know, as, as for Gorge, my, my boomers journey began with Gorge as a 17 year old. So, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic to, to have him back. I think it's, it's fair to say as well that he's, um, He's, he's definitely felt my determination come through the phone like a, like a big right hook or something probably. Um, but but he, he knows what we're about and, and he knows what we're trying to do. Um, but, but very, very pumped to have him back in the program. And um, yeah, just, just looking forward to, to getting back on the, on the court with him. He's mentioned that you've expressed your desire to play in Tokyo. Obviously, the world is spinning and we don't know what's going to happen. But at this point is, is your expectation that you will be in Tokyo come the start of the Olympics? Oh, crystal clear, mate. No hesitation at all. I, I think um, everyone's well aware of that um, throughout, um, you know, the, the, the program, the team, um, obviously Gorge, um, players as well. Um, there's no doubt about it. Not, not um, a single ounce of, um, you know, blood vessel in my body um, is, is, says otherwise. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed, obviously. And that obviously comes from a very, um, a very genuine place um, and a goal that, that we have as a team that we're, we're also uh, determined, very determined to, to accomplish. Um, and we have an absolute cracker of a chance to be able to um, achieve that in, in Tokyo amidst all the um, adversities that we've had to, to go through, um, you know, with, with COVID, obviously.
I think it was maybe a year and a half ago, you were on a conference call with uh, a few of us Australian reporters and you weren't too shy about calling out Basketball Australia for, uh, you know, the, the, the resources that you felt the guys needed and that some of the things that were lacking. At this point, you know, today, are you satisfied with the resources that you guys have, have gotten and the way Basketball Australia treats its players and, and the Boomers program as a whole? We got a long way to go, um, and, and sure, there's pressure on the success of our group um, and how that affects the program moving forward. I know that. I, I definitely feel that. Um, but but right now, but but right now, the the program is only as strong as its players will take it. Um, the players is, is only as, the, the program is only as strong as the players will take it. And, and I don't say that in a, in a necessarily um, a, as a good thing. Um, we definitely got some work to do in, in this area, I believe. Um, but for now, it's, it's full focus on, on Tokyo and, and a gold medal would, would do wonders for our program, I think, as at least a starting point. Um, but um there's a there's a prestigious feeling within our program that needs to be uh you know uh, obviously a joint effort between the the playing group and basketball australia obviously to be able to make sure you know when when we, we've we've lost bogues obviously when when i step away when joe ingle steps away delhi baines you know that that program is still elite, um, if not, you know, even more levels up um, as, as it should be. Um, you know, I, and I always, I always go to the, the prestigious feeling that it must feel when you receive your first baggy green or Wallabies jersey and coats and hats and, and the whole thing. And, um, you know, even state of origin, you know, that, that prestigious culture and, and program or feeling like you feel when you walk into that environment that you're a part of something much, much, much bigger. And that will help you stay in the program no matter what adversities you go through, you know? Um, so, yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's probably why I say we've we got a long way to go. Um, but I stay true to what I say is that it, it's full focus on on Tokyo and what we're trying to achieve in Tokyo. But like I said, a, a, a gold medal would definitely do wonders for our program. So I, I, from where I see it, I don't think the boomers is at that place yet where, you know, if you get a baggy green, you know, the, the, the reverence that comes with having something like that. I don't think the boomers is currently at that level. Obviously a medal of any no. color, obviously a gold medal will undoubtedly help that. What, what else do you think needs to be done in order to, to make the boomers this prestigious, you know, you know, accomplishment that you that you see it as, and that you want it to be for others. Yeah, like I said, it, it it's it comes from a place um, that's that's greater than success of the program, right? Like like it, it should be um, no matter what 
um, if there's success or not, right? The program is still strong and 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 solid. And 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 you're right. We're we're not there yet. We should be, um, especially especially because of the quality of players that we have produced and that are coming through and and obviously playing in the NBA and and playing on NBA championship teams and and so on. Um, I, I I don't know and and. I wish that there was enough time to be able to dive into it right now. But like I said, I mean, the full focus is on what we can do right now to put us in the best possible you know, position to, uh, to, to win a gold medal in, in Tokyo. But like I said, it's, it's definitely uh, uh, a group effort. <laughs> Have you spoken to those, the key guys, as far as the senior players and the boomers, as far as, playing in, in this Tokyo Olympics and have you expressed this sentiment that you've just described to me of of wanting to take the boomers to the like to the next level you know have have you got the feeling that they're that they bought in on that sentiment too oh yeah for sure and and you've seen it you know you've seen it take um strides um year by year and I think um our biggest stride was was in China for sure and, and the preparation and um and and that but but like i said there, there's still a long way to go um um you know and and without trying to avoid your, your question mate it, it's like everyone that's a part of our program right now um from the head coach all the way through to our equipment manager you know like everyone's got to be locked in and feel exactly the same way how as we feel determined and you know fire burning inside desire to, to do everything we possibly can um to, to to win this gold medal you know help us take all the distractions out and let's you know let's get to the meat of what we're really doing here you know and um unnecessary you know distractions or barriers you know is that that's where, where it's a group effort of everyone that's involved um and, and that's the way it should be you know everyone should should feel like that um and, and do their part. Um, yeah, definitely we've, we've spoken um, together as a, as a leadership group and um, what needs to be done and what you know, we can improve. Obviously, it's, it's very difficult times with, with COVID and even what our preparation looks like, but um, at least um, the leadership group is definitely on the same page um, you know, with, with what, we're trying to, what we're trying to achieve and how we're trying to achieve it. I don't mean for this to be a gotcha question, but how much would Ben Simmons' involvement, given his stature as a player and person, help the Boomers get to the point, not just on the court, but what you want the, the philosophy of the Boomers to be, you know, off the court and throughout Australia too? So what's your question, sir? How, how helpful would, would his, you know, full-throttled involvement be to, to reaching the, that goal that you want of the boomers yeah. being this respected organization within the country. Yeah, of course. Uh, massive. You, you know, you're not going to, um, you know, deny his involvement um, would not only help us reach a, a, a goal for the playing group of, of a gold medal, but the overall um, stature of the program, there's no doubt about it. And I think this is where it's more of a, you know, a, a more group effort to be able to build our program to the point that someone like Ben Simmons, who's 
um, you know, our first ever Australian NBA All-Star says, heck yeah, that program is, you know, hands down. Hell yeah, I want to be back there. You know, whether I'm injured or this or that or whatever, I want to be a part of that thing, you know. And that's where, that's where you know, there's, there's uh, you know, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried for what our program will look like moving forward. Um, which, yeah, sure, puts pressure, and that's not a bad thing to have, you know, pressure, um, you know, for the success of this group. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I am worried about our, our program and, and where it um, could be, um, you know, once, once we lose our, our, our leadership group. And, and, you know, as you know, we've obviously already lost one in, in Vokes. Um, yeah. My last question for you is, you know, I've, I was in China. I saw how cerebral you were as far as the way you, you prepare for games and, and just your mentality throughout that entire campaign. Um, and, you know, we've seen it with the Spurs in title runs too. From the beginning of your career to this point now, what do you, what's been the biggest growth for you as far as your mentality, you know, as, as a person, you know, what do you see as the one thing that, that, separates the Paddy Mills of today from the Paddy Mills of, of 10 years ago? As a, as a player or as a, as a person, what's your, what's your question? As, as, a, as a person and, and yeah, not, not necessarily as a player, cause we see the growth, but for you, the, the, yeah. and I'm thinking of the stuff that we don't see as a person, you know, what, how, what's the biggest, you know, growth point that you see? Yeah, that, that, that is a good question. Um, and, and relating it to, like, like the thing that I, I, I will always come back to is, is who I am. And, and I think I know what, what you're asking and hopefully I can, I can answer this. Um, but I, I, I'll always say this, that um, my name is Patrick Mills. I'm a Guggenheim man from South Australia and I'm a Nagiagal and Dawareb Meriam man of the Torres Strait Islands. My connections to, my connections and roots to this land of Australia, the sea, the reefs, the sky, the stars um, come from a, a, a time and place that existed long before basketball was invented and, and definitely long before you know the, the boomers program um was was created so i always like to come back to to that you know that's 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 my connection to to everything um that my passion comes from my people um and what they mean to this country um the the rest comes from adversity and, and barriers that I've experienced that I know for a fact still exist for many um, other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, um, especially kids today. Um, but wearing the green and gold on the biggest of stages allows all of that to come pouring out. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, if there was a, a defining moment or not, but I feel like um, you know, the, 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 the further and longer away I am from home, the stronger my connection I have, you know, 
And, and as I said, wearing the green and gold just allows all of that to come um, pouring out. Um, but, but I've gotten to a place in my career, I believe, where, where I have to be a role model for my, my people um, in, in all aspects of, of life. Um, and, and I guess, and not to take it down a, another path, I think I'm still connecting to your, to your question here, but um, a, a Kathy Freeman story, um, you know, when, when she attended um, her first ever NBA game and she, uh, after the game, obviously she's ecstatic and very joyful person as, as I'm sure everyone knows, but um, there was a moment in time of our, um, of our, when we were together where she looked me, she looked me in the eyes and said, um, you don't know what you mean to our people. And, you know, me being, oh, you know, I kind of answered in a way of like, yeah, no, I know, I know. And she grabbed me and, and looked, stared at me back, you know, with, a, with her serious face now. No, you don't know what you mean to our people. So keep doing what you're doing. And, and I guess that, that's, that's probably a moment where, you know, really made me think and, and go back to the point of, no, she, she's right. I, I, I don't think, I think I do, but I don't really think I, I do, you know. And, and that was a, a cool moment because obviously I, you know, I remember as a five, six-year-old um, first watching Kathy Freeman uh, run and, and the impact she made um, on me just from sitting in the lounge room watching her on, on TV, you know. Um, so when I think about that um, interaction that I had with her that night, um, you know, I think the same way that there's, there's kids out there that are watching TV or newspapers or, you know, gonna, gonna read this, that um, I'll, I'll have an impact. And I think I, I think I know the impact that I'm having, but I don't really think I do. And, and that was, um, that was Kathy's advice anyway, I keep doing what I'm doing. So I, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Patty, keep doing what you're doing and have a good season. Stay safe, healthy, and thank you for taking the opportunity. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Thanks for that. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Patty Mills, and I also hope it gave you an idea of the kind of stuff we're hoping to do here at Ball in the Real World. You know, substantive, entertaining chats with some of the biggest personalities in Australian basketball. We've got that for you next week as well, so make sure to head to your favorite podcast app, rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't already, go check out our NBL season preview because there's a lot of good stuff in there too. And of course, head to ESPN.com.au for all of our coverage of Australian basketball. It was big in 2020. 21 is going to be no different. Tell your friends, this is Ball in the Real World. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll catch you next time. Thank you.